Welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, brought to you by TournamentPokerEdge.com, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to poker tournament strategy. Now here's your host, Clayton Fletcher. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome to the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, sponsored by ACR, America's Card Room, where this month through June 26th, we have our MOSS, the Moss series, the mini online super series with over $6 million in guaranteed prizes. Only on ACR would something with $6 million guaranteed be called mini. I'm your host, Clayton Fletcher, here in fabulous Las Vegas. Even more fabulous than usual as I'm actually recording this at Studio 52, which some of you may recognize from Poker Night in America. And I'm not alone guys i have not one but two fabulous guests for you this week they are the co-hosts of the amazing hilarious ace holes podcast please welcome for the first time ever on the tpe podcast nikki limo and caitlin komeski thank you for having us this is amazing you did such a better job introducing us than we did introducing you on our podcast oh i think he's done that before gosh we're We're very messy I have a lot of experience. So guys, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit. We'll just talk for a few minutes and then uh, everybody wants to hear about the hands you guys have been playing. So here we are like what a week and a half into the WSOP. Yeah. Nikki, you go first. How's it going for you so far? I have cashed one out of two events. So Great. yeah, doing pretty well. Although the first event was the mystery millions. And because it's such good value, I actually fired multiple bullets into that so it's a thousand dollar buy-in uh so three thousand dollars total and the one i cashed in was the six hundred dollar deep stack it was a min cash for 600 so i'm still in the <laughs> hole but we got a cash we got 50 percent cashes going you're on the board oh so, yeah we're here we're All living right. it gotta love that how about yeah. you caitlin um, unfortunately, I'm Brick City so far. I haven't even made a dinner break yet. It's oh, uh, okay. dire straits. I had a decent stack that I built up. I was at almost like 150K real early in the 600 deep stack, but I three bet the same player twice in a row. Second time I had kings, and this guy on the button just thought I was trying to make a move, and he made an astronomical shove, like 60 blinds on top of just you know a three bet with uh with pocket tens i snap him off with my kings and he just makes a set that was that was as close as i got to actually like some glory and couldn't 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 meander my way through the rest of that event well i hope that your luck turns around I wanna, the I wanna, series wanna, is young yeah, oh, yeah yeah we're just getting started here it's not even july yet come on let's go we're gonna make things happen it's not even right? the middle of june yet. yeah i mean we're fine Good. it's not even summer yet yeah. come on <laughs> technically it hasn't hit the equinox or whatever yeah we all have not one equinox <laughs> no, no, yet. No not even in heat yet <laughs> yeah not a <laughs> Not a single solstice has happened. No solstices. So tell me about Ace Holes. What is it? Why do? Why did you make it? What is the point of it? Well, that's a great question. <laughs> what is the? <laughs> what is what's this the point of existing? Uh, well, let's start there. Um, so Ace Holes is a podcast, and we started off with a sketch. 
to promote our podcast on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at aceholespod. Um, the, the point was that we wanted to make more content on a consistent basis and podcasts seemed the most sustainable because Caitlin lives in Texas. I live in Las Vegas. So living in two different states, we wanted to be together when we were doing the content. And I think that podcasts are a good way to, um, stockpile content you don't have to like be doing it weekly it doesn't have to be uh relevant to the current state of affairs it could be you know a couple weeks behind or whatever evergreen. yeah it's evergreen mm. exactly I like that word and uh we could also incorporate different short sketches shorts whatever but we didn't have to make that our thing where we have to do that consistently because putting out consistent produced content um especially narrative like scripted content is really hard to do you know i did the youtube grind for many many years and uh putting out that kind of like scripted comedic have to hit it every single time content week after week is is not very uh, sustainable so getting to do that part for fun is great like having our consistent base be the podcast and then getting to do the the fun stuff when we're inspired when we're having fun with it like during the series when everyone's here it's just, it's just been really fun well I have to say you guys have amazing chemistry together so <laughs> Caitlin uh, how did you and Nikki become friends are you guys besties would you say we became fast besties yeah. I would consider her bestie for sure so um Katie Lindsay of another ACR sponsored pro is actually a top-notch matchmaker. Yes. She usually puts people together romantically, but she actually matched me and Nikki one night. We were like out for drinks and she was asking me who I was taking to the GPI awards. And I was like, I don't have a date. I'm a loser. And she's like, <laughs> oh, we'll take Nikki. Nikki wanted to go. And I was like, okay, snap call. It was the and very just, next night. Yeah, the very next night. And so just like walking into the award ceremony, she was like, hey, would you ever be interested? in like?" Because we had met the night before when we were talking and we learned about how much we had in common in terms of our background, our sensibilities, where we were in our poker journey was very similar. We were like within a few ranks of each other on like the top women results of uh, 2022 and uh, we knew we got along and we liked each other so when she asked if I wanted to collaborate in a project I really didn't give it a second thought and followed up immediately with her and I really am very happy that I have found a collaborator in a woman as well because poker is such a male dominated space and I think it's really rare to see two women like co we get to do commentary together we get to broadcast together and I think that that's special and that that's needed in the space a lot of times I feel like a lot of poker content doesn't know how to use women outside of pretty girl with a microphone ask some questions of the bust out hands and uh, it's nice to really push those limits and uh Forge a new trail. Yeah. So a quick follow-up question for you, Caitlin. Mm -hmm. uh, what is a woman? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, this no, don't answer that. Walter, Walter, no, no, very no. controversial. Oh, so more controversial than I thought. <laughs> totally kidding, guys. So when you say that you had a similar background, let's talk about what that background is. So you guys are both funny people obviously and youtubers well yeah and i knew that caitlin caitlin was nominated for the gpi where her video went viral last year doing all the impressions so during funny. the j4 incident yeah excellent video super yeah. super funny so i knew already she was funny but then when we started talking like she's actually a trained funny person which even in the youtube community a lot of them don't go to like groundlings or or ucb or any of the a places conservatory yeah they just kind of yeah. like oh i think i know i'm funny i'm gonna make a right. you know a little video and it usually kind of works you don't have to be trained to be a YouTuber but to meet somebody that did have that background like we immediately spoke the same language right away and it was so refreshing to like 
be able to do that here in Vegas. I haven't really met someone that that had that um, and that also played poker and that we had so many common interests and we were very uh, much on the same path. Mm-hmm. There's definitely like a trust collaboratively that I've come to really rely on where it's like if I hand an edit over to Nikki I know like she's gonna find the right beats she's gonna cut out the right fat that needs to if Nikki hands me over like hey can you prep for this episode that we have coming up and she can trust me like oh Caitlin's gonna have like funny beats throughout the episode she's gonna have the games locked and loaded and prepared and that we have a trust and a connection there that I like super value yeah Yeah. we have a good uh like we compliment each other's strengths and weaknesses too. Like she'll come up with a sketch idea and be like, I want a, uh, exotic snakes and I want uh, furs and I want it to star like the biggest poker players. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. I locked down a location. I found someone with a snake. Um, we got, like, I, I know how to produce things. So you, you pitch the idea. We'll, we'll go through the script together and I'll figure out how to make it happen. Well, you guys are quite a team. I think you're going to be making uh, even more noise in the poker world uh, even if you keep getting rivered by pocket tens you know Aww. don't worry about that it was on the flop yeah oh okay it well it, it hurts getting the run b- bad out early is yeah. good yeah, yeah. 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 well as, as all my listeners know um, I'm having a good world series so far this summer but last summer that was me if the if the opponent needed a 10 there it was you know, <laughs> yeah. it just seemed like it was almost a foregone conclusion and we all go through uh, streaks like that obviously you know this by now um, so what did you wear to the GPI awards. I didn't get to watch. Yeah. Who were you wearing that night? I was there a red carpet. Um, like was a long sleeve Kate Spade dress that I had had forever. And I had like, actually like I bought it probably four or five years ago and I hadn't had an opportunity to wear it yet. So it was, it was really nice. pretty. And you only yeah, had 24 like hours, so what yeah. did you throw together? I actually had a <laughs> blue, like, satiny gown, because, and I hadn't worn it yet, but I my cousin's wedding was happening, and I had bought two dresses because I didn't know which one I wanted to wear, and so I just wore the other one to the GPI Awards, and it worked out. I thought it was going to be too formal because... I didn't. I'd never gone to one. And I kind of wanted to dress down. I kind of since I was her date, I wanted to wear a pantsuit, like and oh. you know, be like more uh, in my masculine energy. Yes. But Katie Lindsay said, "Absolutely not. You're no wearing pantsuit. this gown. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing this gown." <laughs> and she's a very uh, she's a fashion guru. Yeah, like yeah. she's really great at putting together pieces. She in always fact, looks good. I ran yeah. into Joe Stapleton, and he said that he that she dressed him that night. Uh, so shout out know, to Stapes. I trust her. One of my I besties. Love you, I love Stapes. Yeah, he and I are really close. Oh, good. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to ask you guys about clothes to piss off my listeners. Perfect. I know perfect. they don't care what you wore. All right. So I hope let, they're triggered. Yeah. They're, yeah. Triggered. they're like fast forwarding. Clicking <laughs> the, yeah. Let me tell you about the embellishments yeah. and the buttons. She's still talking about Kate Spade. All right. I was so. telling Clayton that I listened to this, this this specific podcast every time before a live session. I was going to say every day, but it was like every day before a live session, I would listen to an episode. So I get it. You want to move on to the hands. I get yeah, it. Yeah. You know, we get, we get into a quick but I'm really happy um, to uh, have you both here because we're going to get not one but two hand histories from World Series of Poker bracelet events. And yes. if that doesn't get the blood flowing, I don't know what will. Who wants to go first? Do you guys flip for it? Like, how do you decide like, who has the honors? I, we here? just look each other in the eyeballs. Oh, she yeah. won. She won. Yeah, she won. Yeah. She, it, I could tell immediately. Yeah. yeah. For those who are watching this on YouTube, you saw the stare down. It was uh, it was not not even close. All right. So, Caitlin. <laughs> Uh, what is this uh, hand going to be from? All right, this is from the six hundred dollar deep stack. 
Okay. Uh, no limit hold them. Deep no stack, limit hold right? of course. Right. Um, it was pretty early on. We were at level 300, 600, 600. Mm-hmm. Um, I opened the hijack. I opened Jack 10 off, which is not really an open how, for how, how deep I was, which was 50 bigs. But I was feeling I a little that. cheeky. So folded to you in the hijack and you have Jack 10 offsuit. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah, it's very marginal. But yeah. I, I think that that deep, I would actually take that. Risk. What was the composition of the table? Like, did you feel like there were really good players at your table? Or did you feel like you had a, mostly a skill edge? Or what do you I think? I felt like I had a skill edge. But definitely they... Um, the players to my right were more aggressive, and the players to my left were more tight. So oh, that's a great situation. It was a good situation. So when it folded to me, I was I was happy to open the action to twelve hundred. Okay, so we did a minimum raise. Yes, and that's who called? My, and I actually didn't, they did not call villain three bet from the cutoff. Okay, so next to act on your left mm-hmm. makes it how much? Three thousand. Okay, so it's a very, very small. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three bet. Does it fold back to us? Yes. Okay, I'm not folding. All right. I didn't yeah, either I mean, because the three bet was a uh, small enough sizing, and I thought I had a skill edge on this player. He was a little tighter. He was like a wow. older recreational player. I thought let's 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 see a thought. I mean, I'm probably, such a nit. I fold. You fold yeah. <laughs> I fold. And I mean, I fold versus most. If it was size bigger, I would have folded to any yeah. player type, and if uh, he was a tough player and he used that sizing that I didn't think I would be able to outmaneuver. Yeah. Then I wouldn't well, either. I mean, look, if he's a, t- if he's a tightish kind of mm-hmm. player and, and pretty ABC predictable, you're almost definitely up against a big pair yeah. or ace king. Mm-hmm. And so we just have to outflop pocket Kings right now. And you know, that's certainly within the realm of possibility. Um, I would be wary of like flopping top pair of tens and trying to get all 50 bigs in mm-hmm. against this player in that situation. Mm-hmm. So I don't think there's anything wrong with calling. True. I also don't think there's anything wrong with folding. I mean, you know, you can be a little nitty in, in a tournament like this one. You have 50 big blinds and now you only lost two of them if you fold. But for me, it's only 1,800 more to call and there's so much in there with the blinds and the antis and the big blind anti so i mean look it's That's true you know I, I think it's worth seeing a flop because we're trying to make a straight you know, like mm-hmm. and if anytime you make a straight with Jack 10, it's the nut straight. So that's that's what I'm hoping will happen in the rest of the hand. So we're going to be heads up out of position with Jack 10. Yes. And I usually don't like calling three bets out of position just as a rule in general. It's a also. small. It's, it's too small. It's so small. I don't want to fold. Yeah, but indeed. All right. Flop is. Ten six three rainbow. Okay, so before you tell us what you did, this is the situation I was actually afraid of yeah, a second yeah. ago. Like mm-hmm. if you flop it, and I didn't see this hand before the podcast. You guys know I never like to see the hand before. <laughs> see, this is the situation time. I'm afraid of, and that's why I fold because I'm like, no, because I get ten, then I'm dominated, then I lose my chips, and I go on this spiral, and I get mad. But but I'm okay. I'm very interested, and now that we have top pair, I'm glad that we called, but also hesitant uh and uh i'd like to see what happens next yeah that's, that's how i feel too i mean i think we're obviously going to check to the razor here and see or to the three better i should say and you know kind of see what what this player wants to do so how much is in the middle at that point uh, around 7k okay so there's 7k in there and you check i did okay and what does he do 
He bet five thousand. Okay, so that's a large bet. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's very consistent with the range that I'm putting him on, like yeah. pocket aces, pocket kings, an overpair. Yeah, overpair. Mm-hmm. Like if he would have bet smaller, I think I could call. But honestly, I don't mind just folding this because I feel like even ace king they bet bigger pre flop because they don't really want to play it post flop. And yeah, it seems like he was like trying to eke value with a with an overpair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it just feels like we have five outs a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it again? 10-7? 10-6-3. 10 yeah. So, I mean, we really don't even have too many straight possibilities at this mm-hmm. point. So, yeah, I guess I would just, uh, you know, cut my losses and uh, throw it away. I, I assume you did not do that. I called. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Holding right. is boring. I yeah, will say that. Yeah, and it also makes for a pretty lousy hand for the podcast. Yeah, like, what's yeah, I So, I checked check folded a 10 high flop. <laughs> 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 All right. So, what happens next? Uh, the turn is a deuce that completes the badoogie. Okay, so we're not. No one's getting a flush. Uh, we still have top pair. We still have an opponent who's showing a lot of strength on the flop. Uh, I think we want to check again and probably fold to another big bet if it comes. Right? Nikki? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, I'm out of this hand. You're already. Yeah, you folded <laughs> a long time Planet ago. Planet Mars. Yeah. <laughs> Not even in this universe. She's, but like, she's I, on the beach somewhere. Yeah, if I'm, I'm if I'm with you and I did those things, I am checking. Okay. All right. It goes check, check on the turn. Okay. Ooh, so okay. That, that, Spicy. that does kind of open up some other possibilities. Nice. You could be up against a hand like pocket nines at that point. Um, you know, predictable opponents kind of tell you what they have. Mm-hmm. That's what makes them predictable. Mm-hmm. And so his not betting again feels like it's less likely he has pocket aces. At that point, I think that most of these guys are going to just keep betting. Absolutely. Especially on such a dry board. Beautiful badoogie, no straights. Mm-hmm. I guess there's one possible straight right now, right? Like uh, five yeah. four, yeah, low, yeah. Low, 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 yeah, I mean, I don't know. We could try a little, um, like, if you're going to call a small bet, you might as well make a small bet. Like a block bet. Yeah, yeah. like a defensive bet. Like, how much is in there now? Like, 12? Tw- uh, 16, I think. 16,000, yeah. Like, if you and put if in, like... it's a tight player, he'll tell you if he has better by with the raise. Yeah, so, but yeah, more importantly, he won't... He, he won't raise with one pair. Like if yeah. he's a tight player and he's got pocket aces and you put in like 5,200 now, mm-hmm. he's probably just going to flat call fearing that you made two pair or better with this river card. And then that can save you money if you're planning to call a larger amount if you check. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Like if you mm-hmm. check and he bets 10,000 and you're going to call him, then you're better off going for the defensive bet here, I think. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it, it will cost you money if you would have otherwise folded to whatever bet he would make on the river. So what is your mindset heading to the river? Like, what did you make of that turn check when it happened? I thought, oh, he has ace king. Awesome. I'm ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> you were pretty, pretty confident yeah. in that yeah. read there. Ace king or pocket eights or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the pocket eight, pocket nines. Yeah. I guess pocket eight was, wouldn't three bet you pre-flop. So yeah, pocket nines is like probably... The, the only pair that I could think of. That yeah. And either way, we're ahead and we yeah, love the yeah. river. So uh, in that case, maybe if you're that confident in your read, then maybe the best play is to check 
the river because he's not going to call your defensive bet with Ace King. Keep the so you in. should check and like hope that he tries to bluff with Ace King at that point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do feel like he probably would go for three streets on this board if he had a big pair of aces or kings. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it does start to feel more like Ace King. Um, mm -hmm. Even like pocket jacks, I feel like they're barreling because they're scared of an ace or a king or a queen happening. Like so, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, and he's would always weakness with that turn. Yeah, the turn check makes you feel like it, it's probably ace king. So either way, I feel pretty good. Like we're probably ahead unless we check and he bets a large amount, and then I don't know what I would do. <laughs> so what happened on the river? I checked and he bet a large amount. <laughs> okay, that's I'm glad because that makes it a much more uh, interesting discussion, right? Yes. Yeah, that's why I chose it because yeah. this was one of my harder decisions that day. Right. Um. So yeah, how he large? Bet ten thousand two hundred. Okay, ten thousand two hundred into the sixteen ish. Sixteen seventeen ish. Yeah. All right. So it's not that large of an amount, but no. yeah, that's that's when I would feel like ah, oh, why did I make that defensive bet on the end? Because um, you could have saved yourself five k, but I don't know. Uh, Given the way the hand has been played, it feels like it should be ace-king a lot. Uh, if we don't call with jack-10, what are we going to call with, right? So you got to have some bluff catchers in your range for playing the whole hand this passively. Mm -hmm. So it kind of feels like jack-10 should probably yeah. be in that range given the way it's all transpired. Do you agree? I agree. I would call at, at that point after the turn check. Yeah. All right. So maybe it's a value bet. It's not really a line that a lot of... Um, novice players would take as a bluff yeah typically when they check back on the turn they're giving up so it's unusual so that's what i'm worried about like why is he betting now it, it could be like you know if they are very trappy you know they hit a set and and then they want to now hope you catch up to them yeah, on the river yeah, yeah. and so they they check it back you know hoping to trap you but yeah, I don't. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think of is like they, they pocket deuces and they turn to they yeah. turn to set. Yeah, or maybe a pocket sevens, right? Because I don't yeah. know if pocket deuces pocket, are pocket three sevens. betting, but maybe well, sevens I mean, would. I don't know. Or flopped either pocket sixes or pocket deuces, uh, because like they check back turns, so they I feel like they're either weak or too strong. Like their hand is too good, and they need you to catch up. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's a call. So what did you do? I tanked for a little bit. I definitely considered all my options and I put in the call and he immediately mucked his hand. Oh, nice. Great. And then, uh, so I didn't have to show that I called a three bet at a position with Jack 10, which yeah. was like, great for me. Right. And then, um, he said, uh, that was the only way I could picture myself winning with Ace King. I didn't know how else to win with Ace King except for that bet. Like he ma huh. he made that comment. So. Wow, that's interesting. So I, I don't like know if he was lying about Ace King and he was just like completely torching from start yeah, to finish. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> he could have been. He seems like a pretty straightforward guy that was just being honest with him. So then I was honest with him and I was like, "Yeah, babe, I just outflopped you out of ten. That, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Now, in the old days, a sign of a of a fish at the table would be someone who called a three bet from out of position. But I feel like poker has really evolved Definitely. in this way because, you know, for one thing, not all three bets are created equal. In yeah. the old days, a three bet was usually a very big hand. Like players, when I started playing poker, people would typically flat ace queen. So ace king would be like the bottom of your three betting range, mm. oh, wow. in which case yeah. calling a three bet, especially from out of position, was just usually a terrible idea because people didn't three bet bluff 
20 years ago like they do today. Also, this is a very small three bet. And I think that, you know, while Nikki wanted to fold pre-flop, I think that's fine. But I just feel like you're getting such a good price. You're being very well compensated for the fact that you're taking the worst of it by being out of position against a stronger range. But you're getting such a good price to do so that it is worth it to go ahead and call and and see that. So, like, you shouldn't be too sheepish about if he would have had to show the Jack 10 because it's not like, oh, yeah, she's a terrible player because she called that three bet. That three bet was was tiny. It was almost a min raise. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the part that threw me is because, like, usually if they want a three bet and they don't know how to play ace king post flop when they don't hit, it's like a big raise pre flop uh, if they're playing pretty ABC. And so the the ones that are smaller like scare me more the, the, because it seems just so nutted and so value if it's a person that doesn't really three bet um that if they make it that small they really want the call yeah so yeah, yeah that's uh that's a tough one but yeah you are I, I always go back and forth between should i go for the value like mathematically i'm getting a good deal here but against what i think this player's range is for that size of a bet i don't know if i can you know, control myself if I hit top pair. And yeah. And the truth is I did, he would have beaten me. I, I would have folded on the flop because, you know, I just feel like he wouldn't bet that much with just ace king. But, you know, these, these are the kind of reads that are, you know, just so hard to make when you're not even there. You know, I'm just hearing the hand secondhand. Yeah. But, you know, a really tight player, as you described him, a you know, tight kind of straightforward player betting 5k into 7k on that jack high flop. I feel like we have, I mean, on that 10 high flop, I feel like we have five outs, like almost always, Yeah, but not this time. And so you won the hand. Really? I feel like even like Ace King always see bets on these like raggy boards. Yeah, but, but it's more but about not the big. sizing. Yeah, yeah the sizing. Just, yeah. It was the sizing. Yeah. Usually it's like I would put him on like a pocket pair that wasn't aces or kings because they're scared of an ace or a king turning. So it's like pocket queens or pocket jacks, maybe pocket tens but 10 you know 10 hitting top set i wouldn't yeah oh, and he, we block a tens I, I wouldn't put him on pocket tens and if he has pocket jacks that's a nightmare too because then we don't have five outs at all do we yeah yeah and then even pocket pocket nines like i could see betting that big just because now you're scared of like other th you know anything a, a jack comes and you're scared so right but um, now pre-flop we kind of agreed that we didn't think he had a lot of pocket nines in his range like yeah he was usually flat with that hand mm -hmm. so that's why i was thinking more that it's an over pair and that we're you know even though we have top pair we're still way behind um but yeah i'm glad you made the call because then yeah. he kind of revealed his hand strength on the turn and then just kind of went for the desperate you know, bluff attempt on the river. But that just shows you, like, even the tight, straightforward players that you will face this summer, they know they're supposed to bluff sometimes. But in this case, his bluff just didn't make a lot of sense, and I yeah. think we have to Especially make the Especially with that board texture. It's just like, it doesn't yeah. make, mm -hmm. yeah, doesn't yeah. make any sense. All right, well, nice hand. Thank you. That's cool. Yeah, nice hand. All right, Nikki. All right. Nikki Limo. Yes. It's so interesting listening to you uh, do this podcast right next to me because I feel like I'm listening in my car on the way to <laughs> you play, uh, the Orleans Daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I'm. it's going to be real weird listening to this episode next week and hearing my voice along uh, side yours but this one is from the mystery millions the uh, million dollar bounty I, this was my first time ever playing a mystery bounty event so i was very excited um i missed it last year and i didn't play any of the win mystery so this was uh definitely the first time this was my third bullet but it was 
I did two bullets the first day, and then this was day one D, so the last day available to play. So the last chance, and everybody chance. was there. They got like yeah. 8,000 entries that yeah, day. So yeah, yeah, it was yeah. the biggest flight by far. Now, you far. guys know, if you're listening to this, you know, if you if you listen regularly, you know how obsessed with this format I am. I am I'm the biggest mystery bounty fan you in the world. You actually made me really excited for it, yeah. because I had never played, but I love listening to the hands. And, I love it. I mean, just yeah. the idea that, you know, you can just get lucky, and it's like, it combines poker and more like traditional gambling. Yeah. It's like if you could play poker and like hit a jackpot on the slot machine at the same time. To me, that makes it exciting. It makes people want to gamble. And it attracts recreational players. Recreational players know, so, who, who have to gamble to yeah. win a million dollars. Yeah, because there's not as many solves. The variances in the working in everyone's favor are kind of, you know, like it, it lowers the edge that the pros have on them. So. Yeah, because we're all supposed to get it in. You're supposed to go for those coin flips on day two. It's very exciting. Exciting. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, well, I'll, I won't do any spoilers. But anyway, um, this is actually a really exciting day for me before this hand because uh, it was a one and a half hour late reg line, first of all, even after getting the ticket from the kiosk. Wow. So we, I was standing in line forever. And then I sit down at a table and they opened a brand new table for all the late reg people. So it was everyone had the same exact stack size. Oh, right? OK. You, you That's pretty with, cool. Yeah, 40K. Yeah. It was not for this hand, but like this was my very first hand in. Uh, it was a three way hand. And I ended up getting a royal flush over quad queens what? and stacked this guy like with the quad queens, obviously. Uh, Wait, how long have you like, been playing poker? I, for Well, I've only been playing tournaments for like a year. Like, <laughs> she, got, she already got a royal <laughs> flush. A half, yeah. I know players that have played for 20 years and have never had a royal flush. Oh, yeah. I was like shaking when, the when I turned it. <laughs> and then he rivered quads and uh, shoved anyway. Um, then the very next day at the $600 deep stack, a guy at my table got a Royal flush and I was like, that was the most amount of Royal flushes I've ever wow, seen. And Royal flush vibes. Yeah. I didn't get it, but he got it anyway. So that's how my day started at this, this flight of mystery millions. And I was still kind of riding that high. I was on what seemed like a sun run. I was getting aces. I was getting Kings. I was just, I couldn't miss. I was just running it up. Okay. I get to this table, table change move across the entire room to the very front of the room. I was in the very back by the King's Lounge in Paris, and then now I'm moving the front. And the vibes were completely different. Um, everybody at my table, I was big stack at my table, but now I'm average stack. And there's a guy with a very big stack in the corner um, on seat 10. It's 10-handed, so he's in seat 10. And uh, I don't feel like I have any power anymore. I'm about... 40 big blinds deep but the average and the average stack was like 30 but everyone at my table had like 50 40 50 like so right. it wasn't because like because they didn't come from that late red yeah, line yeah. they've been sitting there grinding and accumulating all day exactly right? exactly so the blinds at this point were at 2500 5000 uh, we have 200,000 in our stack, um, which again was healthy for the tourney, but it was average to below average for my and table. And this is uh, before dinner? This was before dinner, yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was later in the day. It was yeah. like, like 530 ish, okay. but it was before. I didn't make it to dinner. Okay. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Well, you don't know. You don't know if it was this hand or yeah, maybe another hand. Anything. It could have yeah. been any hand. Um, okay. So. Uh, in this particular hand, it folds to us in the hijack, also the hijack. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we are sitting with 
the King of Hearts and the Jack of Diamonds. Now, uh, jacking off is like one of these hands that I struggle with because it's just I don't ever feel like you're in the right position to play them. But um, we open for 12K. All right. So, so it folds to us mm -hmm. on the uh, on the hijack. We yeah. have 40 big blinds. Yeah, about we have two hundred thousand in our stack. The blinds are at five thousand. Yeah, so about 40, 40 big blinds. Okay. Yeah. And we, so you made it twelve. That's make, fine. Yeah. Then it folds to the small blind, who is the short stack at the table. He only has five big blinds, and he shoves for twenty five k, which is his entire stack, five big blinds. And the big blind is the big stack player I was talking about, and this guy. He was not an aggro person in personality, but he was just in every single pot, like every hand. I didn't see him really fold any hands. He played pretty straightforward. I, I mean, I'd see him. He wasn't very aggro post-flop, but he played every single hand. And according to the table, he always gets there. <laughs> so, right. so he has that mystique of yeah. like, it's easier to win when you're winning. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I don't know. I had played him post-flop. He, It seemed like playing against him, I could maybe get a read off of him um, afterwards. So he flats this okay. shove for five big blinds. And it, I, it goes back to me, and I debate whether to shove over the top to isolate the initial um you know the big the small blind so that i don't have to play the big blind if you you know get a full if i get a fold out of him but i also had never really seen these, this big stack fold um pre-flop and i was just kind of scared to get all my money in the middle with you know about 40 big blinds with king jack off it just didn't really feel good if right. that and, was the hand that maybe he was being trappy with maybe he has pocket kings and he wants me to just join the pot um because why didn't he raise over the small blinds shove right well he's in the big blind yeah he's so in the big blind he could just be you know look i'm getting a decent price i'm gonna call this shove i'm already in for you know x number of blinds and yeah you know nikki's already in there so maybe i can just see a flop with whatever i have and build a side pot right or, something. or or he might just have a monster and he wants you to do something crazy yeah what are your thoughts caitlin how do you play this one um so the big blind just called the shove is yeah. what we're dealing with but the shove was only for five five big, big so it's five like three more to call yeah I would either fold or call knowing that I'm not going to be able to bluff the side pot. Yes. Right. So I like to um, I like to put in the 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 four bet here. Yeah. I'm not sure that we have to shove. Though, yeah. Because uh, I think typically that big blind play is going to be weakness for the most part. I mean, generally, from what I saw in the Mystery Millions mm -hmm. tournament, um, players were not really slow playing a lot. You know, people were, you know, if he had a monster, he would probably want to try to get all in with you now mm -hmm. and not be all tricky. Like, you know, just calling and doing something cute to hope that you come over the top or whatever. Uh, I, I think he's most likely got a medium strength hand that he doesn't quite want to fold yet. Maybe something like, I don't know, let's say like Jack nine of hearts, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, maybe I can win the pot with this. Nikki and I'll probably check it down because this guy's all in. That, that happens a lot. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like you uh, seizing the moment. And there's already, you know, those guys have each put in 10 big blinds, mm -hmm. right? And well, then there's also yeah. the big blind ante, which yeah. makes 11. And you put in 
two and a half. So there's already 13 and a half big blinds in there. So to me, it's pretty well worth it. Even if you do want to go all in, because even if he has ace queen, let's say, yeah, you know, King Jack is doing fine, especially with the dead money in the middle. But I understand the other side of the story, which could be, I stood in that freaking line for an hour and a half. Yeah. I don't want to just play this one hand and like go bust already. And, and we just moved to this table. Right. Like, I had only seen a few orbits. You don't know. I, yeah. I don't really know if he's the type to trap or if he's the type to, mm-hmm. you know, play fast. You um, don't really know. All I've seen is that he's been in every hand and he's the biggest stack at the table. Yeah. I mean, given just that little bit of information, and of course, poker is a game of incomplete information, yeah. of course. Yeah. So we never really are going to have all the information we'd like to have. But in this situation i think i would just move all in yeah yeah i would just put it i in. debated that yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what i would Ooh, do sexy yeah, yeah because then you, there's just a lot of dead money and you'll just be going up against the all-in player yeah and this is the point where like i you you know the math that gives you a little bit more um leaning towards the aggressive side when it comes to a mystery bounty because you got to build, build your stack i don't really know how much more math I need. Like, you know, I don't know the math on like where I should shove more than call or, or right. whatever in this type of situation. Yeah. I mean, um, to be fair, there is a very strong case to be made for just calling. You're mm-hmm. in position. You're going to see a flop. You know, your opponent has any two cards. It seems like he never folds before the yeah. flop, right? And I just kind of felt like, you know, I had enough behind that. We'll, we'll play the side pot pretty straightforward. We you can know? maneuver. Like, yeah. yeah, we can kind of maneuver. Like it don't, it's not like... I hadn't seen him be very aggressive post flop. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I just and the the times he was like I saw him do it once and it was um a, a draw. It wasn't like he had anything. You right. Know? Like he did, I mean he had a draw, but right. he was being more aggressive with his draws than he was when he had a pair. Got it. Got yeah. it. So yeah, I mean, given all that, I, I can definitely see the value in just calling and playing your, your hand in position. Also, there's a decent chance this guy's going to try to check it down. I don't know why people do this on day one of a tournament, but yeah. they do. They'll be like, oh, they, they do the what we used to call the cooperation play. Yeah, I get we, that uh, Like when it's closer to the, the bubble. Or yeah, the, yeah like got, it's, at this point, it doesn't no seem... No ICM yeah, involved yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, day one. Yeah. <laughs> Not even dinner break yet, but they, it still does happen probably more often in... Uh, in a tournament like this one, which does attract a lot of amateur players. So. And people flying from all over. Yeah. I don't know how many. This is the last flight they can play this. Right, so no one right. wants to bust. Nobody and- ever wants to bust, but especially like knowing that's like the biggest 1K of all time. And it's going to be two million dollar bounties are going to be up for grabs the next day. Like nobody wanted to leave. No. So, I mean, I get all that, which is why I would shove. He, yeah. might, even, he might even fold eights if you shove. So I really went through all of that in my mind because I felt like if I shoved... They have fold equity and it's better to go out being the aggressor than, you know, not. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I chickened out and okay. I, I called All because right. I felt like I just don't know. And I'd feel st- I feel like I'd beat myself up more going back to the parking lot, having shoved King Jack off <laughs> for the billionth time. And of course, I'm behind, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. then I would have just and he's like, got you. You know, so, yeah. So we get to the flop and the flop is the jack of clubs, nine of clubs, five of diamonds. So we have top pair, second kicker. OK. Um, it checks to me. All right. And so what do you want to do? It checks to you. One player is all in. There's how much in the middle now? 
So there's uh, 25, 25, 25 plus the ante, uh, 75, 80, 80K in the middle. Okay. Three bet pot. Probably bet small, one third. Wait, you made it 12, not 25. I did, but the the big blind or the small blind right, right, for right, 25 right, right, right. and I just Sorry, completed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, got it, got it, got it. All right, so how much are we betting? I don't know. Jack 9-5 is pretty well connected. And you mm -hmm. say my opponent's getting in there with any two cards. Maybe if I am betting, I'm betting bigger, actually. Well, I can yeah. see a, I can see a case for betting big just to try to take this one down. This pot is pretty big already. Yeah. Right? It's got uh, 16 big blinds in there already. Mm -hmm. And we only started with 40 before the, the hand was dealt. So, yeah, like winning this pot right now would be great. But I'm always of the mindset, like, yeah, it's a somewhat connected board for sure. But And we don't have any clubs in our hand. Right, yeah. But, like, I always try to balance, like, my fear of getting outdrawn by yeah. a club versus needing to accumulate chips anytime I have a, a strong hand. So I would still make a, a small bet here. Like, I would put in, like, five five big blinds mm, okay yeah and just you know try to get value we want him to call with like yeah queen 10 we want him to call with like a sure. pair of nines or yeah. pocket eights or whatever he might otherwise have but i definitely see it's mm -hmm. like you know it's a connected board we have no draws on this board unless uh, you know some certain cards could come and give us a straight mm -hmm. draw but yeah i th i think it's it's time to you know, make yeah. some noise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I debated back and forth on, on bet sizing too because mm -hmm. of that, but I figured he's a huge stack. If he has a draw, like betting big is not going to get rid of the draw. Like it's God. just, so <laughs> yeah. I, I did bet small. I uh, decided I like to it. go for a quarter pie. I went for 20,000. So it was four big blinds. Yeah. I like um, it. I okay. Like it. Thank you. Um, the big blind shoves. <laughs> okay. I mean, what the heck are we supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel I feel committed. Like um, he yeah. could shove with queen ten. He could shove with any number of draws that we already said there might be available. Um, a, kind of similar to Caitlin's hand, actually. Like if we if we're not calling yeah. the shove with king jack, what are we calling with? You have to have some bluff catchers. You have not only top pair, you have a strong kicker. Yeah, it's unlikely our opponent has ace jack, mm -hmm. right? Given the way the hand was played, I think that is a you know a four bet pre flop. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, yeah, maybe he has a set. Okay, great. You know, maybe we're just going to have a bad beat story. He's got Jack nine, right? And then we, you know, we're up against two pair. Even then we have some outs, right? Yeah. I don't know. It just feels like he's trying to push you out of the pot. I mean, I'm not throwing my hand away. I'm, I'm in there. Are you in there? That's tough. If he was in there with any two, then, and on that draw heavy of a board, I, I think, like you said, I got to look him up. What what other hands am I able to look him up with if not that one? I mean, it could be fun. We could have a big stack yeah. if we win this pot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you know because of the draw heavy board, it's like they are showing up with a lot more bluffs, and he can push me around a lot more with a big stack. And because of when, as you were reciting your hand, I have been on the nittier side and have been trying not to be as nitty, especially in mystery bounties where people are going to put me to the test, and I have to come. I can't. I can't fold 
top pair, second kicker yeah. every time. Yeah. I've got to call some of these. I mean, I've been beating these. myself up for two days for not calling down with king high. And I was probably absolutely buried. But like, <laughs> I keep removing the spot where I had king queen on an ace high board. And this guy was just like probing every turn. Yeah. And I was like, ugh, against a lot of players, this is a terrible candidate to look him up with. But And I ended up folding. And I've just like, for days, I'm like, why the fuck? King Queen was yeah. so good there. Yeah. I yeah. let him push me yeah. around. Yeah, the nut, no I let pair. Him push yeah. Me around. yeah. I also feel like, uh, as I don't know, I feel like I my face gets uh, bluffed way more often than other people at the table for whatever reason. You think I, you look bluffable? I, I get bluffed I, <laughs> at a higher frequency, and I've had like most of my tournament runs, my deep runs have been like fifty percent hero calls. Making on those calls. So many people just bluffing. I think men are especially like men that are used to playing with mostly men. And when they see women at the table, they're gonna see it as like, yeah. oh, weak player. I can get her off stuff. Like she's only going to be calling me with the nuts. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I'll, I'll be honest about this. Like a part of our job as poker players is to kind of profile mm-hmm. and stereotype mm-hmm. our mm-hmm. opponents. Um, but if I see like a, a younger woman at the table, I am less likely to bluff her than if I saw like, say, a middle aged or older woman okay. sit at the table because I just think that they are typically um, you know, much easier to bluff. Uh, most of the young women yeah. that are in poker, they study. Uh, they they're they're putting up with a lot of garbage mm-hmm. <laughs> on a regular basis. So they must be good enough at the game. Is kind of my logic. Like if I saw Nikki at my table, I would say, I bet she knows what she's doing. She's mm-hmm. probably not going to be, you know, some kind of pushover. But that would be my perspective. I, I yeah. imagine a lot of other men might see it differently. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like you get bluffed a lot too, Caitlin? Like maybe more than. Then what the yeah, normal frequency absolutely. would be. Same with Nikki. Yeah. Whenever I'm building a big stack, it's usually because I made tough calls. Right. And not because I got paid off. All right. Yeah. Well, you heard it here on the Tournament Poker Edge podcast, guys. Do not bluff these women. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna look you up and, yeah, and get a big stack from you. I do. I'm <laughs> Charge my crystals. I know uh, <laughs> when to call. All right. So, so what does he I, have? I tanked. I tanked for a while. I, I'm not going to lie. I, the, thought, the line was right behind me. Oh, I was on no. the... So the late ridge line is going like out the door and around the corner. <laughs> Everybody is walking by me. Like, and I re- it's very in my face how... You are not re-regging this tournament. Yeah, it's now or never. Yeah, yeah. And so while I was on the line, I looked at, I looked up and down his face for tells. I grabbed my chips, did that move, and like looked at him. You know, did the whole all the moves that I could do to try to get some tells off of him. And I felt like I was good, and I I shoved it in. And he flips over eight ten of clubs. So he was on a draw, a combo draw, a very big draw, a very big draw. Uh, but still a draw. The small blind has aces, so I mean he's got me. But um, and no clubs in his aces. Okay. Uh, and and so it, now I'm just okay. There's two clubs on the board. I'm honestly just focused on the next two cards being red, and I'm just like yeah. red, red, red. I'm just thinking red, red, red. The turn comes the nine of diamonds. Yeah, red. And then the river is the queen of hearts. Yay, hearts. <laughs> oh, it took you a second <laughs> to realize you lost. It took me a second lost. that yeah. I realized I lost. Uh, and everyone at the table is going, oh, and uh, I'm like, yeah, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I hate that feeling. But, you know, yeah. what you should focus on, in my opinion, is the fact that you made the right decision. I mean, it turned out to be basically a coin flip. Yeah. And that fly moves got Was like 15, 15 yeah. outs. Yeah, it's about 50-50. Uh, he's got about 15 outs on the flop, so... 
Um, yeah, 15 out draw on the flop is about 50-50. So yeah. she's right there. You know, it's a coin flip for, for piles. And in a mystery bounty, yeah. like it's worth it to build your stack for the piles. It was like the difference yeah. between me making a deeper run in it, getting a day two, or yeah. know, sitting back and watching my stack dwindle. I mean, you so, got you made a good decision. Thank uh, you. It didn't work out for you, but yeah, especially given the amount that was already in the middle mm -hmm. at the time when the coin flip was offered, it like was a if, good move for him, yeah. no matter like what he had. Yeah, because he doesn't care if you call or fold. He's pretty indifferent at that mm -hmm. point. He's got a lot of chips either way. But like, if he can push you out of this pot and just be heads up against whatever the you know the short stack shoved with, that's a great spot for him. No matter what the short stack has, yeah. because he's got such a big draw in that spot. Yeah, it does make a lot of sense the way he he played the hand. But again, I kind of go back to if we know this guy likes to get into every single pot with any two cards. Yeah. Why don't we just shove him preflop? Yeah, get rid of him then. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm not trying to be results oriented. Like, well, you would have. No, I know. <laughs> you still would have lost. I mean, because the aces beat you either way, right? Yeah. But it, but I would have lost five big blinds right. as opposed to yeah, right. my entire stack. Yeah, it's just you yeah. know that was that was your moment. Um, well, you already had a read on him. You had been yeah, paying attention. Yeah, and I did tank flat the preflop because yeah. i really you, th you it, went through like, that process every gut yeah. instinct was like shove but i've busted so much with king jack off and i swear this hand i'm just king jack off and pocket eights whenever i get them i'm like i'm i'm out this hand i know i'm leaving the tournament right now when yeah. i get these hands and you know this is what i was talking about when i was on a guest on you on you your podcast the ace holes podcast which came out two days ago <laughs> yeah um if anyone hasn't heard Check that it yet, out. on that that episode that we recorded, I was talking about how it's easier to win when you're winning. You know, yeah. like you might have that killer instinct and say, well, this guy just flatted the five big blind three bet. So he's probably not that strong. Also, I've noticed he's been in every pot. I think King Jack is more than sufficient to just get my stack in. That's a lot easier to do when you're already up yeah. 60k for the summer and you're like i don't care if i lose this thousand dollars in the mystery millions you know what i mean that's why it's easier to win when you're winning and if we can all get better yeah myself included like when you're stuck or when you've lost a few buy-ins already to still be able to make what you know yeah your instinct is telling you yeah. this is the right play i need to get these chips in and you're like should i get them in i don't want to lose i stood in line for 90 minutes i understand yeah. all of that you know like all, all those emotions and everyone in the late ridge line passing by being like oh nikki hey yeah 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 hey, hey, nikki, how yeah. you doing in the tournament yeah, how you doing? Right. Yeah. well i'm uh, tanking on whether to go all in or not for my tournament life yeah, but yeah thanks for yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're gonna about, you're about to join and have a good time yeah can i concentrate please yeah. leave me alone i'm in a big situation here yeah but yeah i think that it's much easier to make those bold decisions when, when you're winning when you're winning absolutely and you're, and you're feeling you know you're feeling like it doesn't matter if i win or lose this tournament because i've already banked you know whatever amount in in my uh yeah. wsop account or whatever it even happens pot to pot so i was reading that i don't know if you ever read the little green book uh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay so in the uh, phil uh what's his phil, uh, gordon. phil gordon yeah he there he has this one segment that always stuck with me that whenever he loses a big pot he tricks his mind into Pretends thinking he, he won, won the big yeah, pot. Yeah, I remember that from that yeah, book. Yeah, and, and it really does help. Well, like, you're taking it back. That's old school. Right? What year is that? <laughs> Little Green Book's 2008 or something, I tried right? to soak up as much as I could about <laughs> MTTs before That's I amazing. started. <laughs> Shout out to Phil Gordon and yeah. everyone else at Full Tilt Poker that eventually paid everyone back. <laughs> <laughs> Just took him a couple of years. The needling. <laughs> Whoopsie. 
Yeah, but no, that that was I, that's something I remember from that book. Yeah, he had a blue one and a red one and a green yeah, one. Yeah, he a, said there like there's a specific segment of like when to take a break. Mm-hmm. Like he has specific moments of like taking a break whenever someone's busted at the table. Like take a break and chill. Like on your hands. Like don't get all aggro. Um, whenever uh, there's people are coming back from a break. Whenever uh, you win a big pot. Like sometimes winning a big pot, you you get thrown off with your judgment. Yeah. And then whenever you lose a big pot to take a little break. And he said that one of his tricks is to convince his mind that he just won a big pot to get those, those yeah. feelings back, the confidence back. Yeah, that's good. That's something I try to do a little bit, too. I, I don't always have success at it, but I will, I will say to myself, uh, just feel happy. Yeah. for that player especially when it's like an amateur opponent that wins a big pot off of me yeah like I, whenever you get really good news in poker that means somebody else just got really bad news right mm-hmm. yeah. so it's like it's a zero-sum game so that's just the nature of poker every time i've ever won a huge pot somebody else lost a huge pot yeah so i, I try to feel like i remember that feeling like when i won a big pot in the past and now this you know newer player maybe a recreational amateur opponent is getting that feeling yeah and like feeling that adrenaline rush that comes from like wow i just got a big stack in the mystery millions yeah or whatever. like kind of like putting myself in his shoes for a minute and trying to be uh i mean i hate to use this word but like empathetic mm-hmm. and like feel what he's feeling at that moment it can help me like avoid tilt because i'm like good for you you know yeah, yeah. and that's it's cool it's also good for the game because you want people to win that's what people ke- keeps them back. coming back yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so if you kind of think like big picture then and yeah, i also try good. to go like if i you know how that you get like you'll lose a half your stack but you still have a healthy stack and you see you have 30 big blinds You're left fine, or right yeah. yeah you go okay i'm i'm so good at playing 30 big blinds i'm so glad i'm not playing 60 big blinds yeah, anymore 60's like i'm hard. so yeah, 60's hard. so 30's good easy. at 30 <laughs> Yeah, those are good yeah, things to tricks. do. Yeah. I'm a cash player. Any moment I'm under 100 big blinds, I just panic. And so the entire <laughs> tournament. Yeah, I'm never comfortable. She's, yeah. like, she's trying to top After it up in a one. tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Can I add on? She's having everyone straddle. Can I rebuy? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. It's like, who wants to take a shot? They're like, none of us. We're playing an MTV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, please. Now, are you guys going to be doing the tag team event? Yes, yeah, yeah, we actually are yeah. together. Yeah. ACR actually put us into the tag team event that so, is so awesome a shout out to your sponsor yeah acr uh it put a bunch of teams in the tag team event this year that is going to be so much fun we actually are you are you in it we actually had a contest where all of our uh tournament poker edge podcast listeners we had a free roll yeah for all the listeners and the winner of the first week of the free roll gets to be um derek tenbush's partner he's the owner and yeah. founder of tournament poker edge and then the winner of the second week gets to be my tag team partner that's awesome. so i'm going to be partnered up with a listener that i've never even met before that's so i don't fun. even know his real name i know it's a guy and i know his name is linger longer that's, <laughs> his, name, that's his name online acr has so, the best screen names yeah like, totally people, yeah yeah but that's that's what you have to do in a tournament is linger longer yeah so, yeah, yeah. that's a beautiful it. thing yeah so he's coming out i think just for that event and we're gonna um have a good time we're probably gonna do a uh a casual uh, unofficial tpe meetup nice. and i'd love to invite you guys if you can make it I'd love to come. Uh, yeah i'll let you know when that's going to be it'll probably be one of the nights after play of the tag team so we can all just like you know have some drinks and party and Perfect. have a good time maybe 
do some bowling or whatever. I don't know. Bowling. Darts or something fun, you know. Yeah. I, we have to be competitive. Whatever yeah. we do, it has to be some sort of competitive endeavor. So Agree. I think that's why I like the poker community so much because I don't like to just drink and sit there. Yeah. I like to drink and play darts or something. drink and play a bowl. Shuffleboard. Yeah, or, yeah something. Yeah, something. Pub trivia, something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not trivia. I did trivia on your podcast and I was terrible at it. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. No rough. spoilers by that. <laughs> <laughs> I suck. Mm, yes. Oh. <laughs> All right. So, guys, check out their podcast. It is called the Ace Holes Podcast. You can find it on YouTube.com slash Ace Holes Pod. So, Nikki Limo and Caitlin Kameski, thank you so much for being first-time guests on the yeah. Tournament Poker Edge Podcast. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. And anyone out there who hasn't yet joined ACR, what are you waiting for? You can get a first-time deposit bonus up to $2,000 by clicking the link in the description of this podcast and entering the promo code TPE. And for everyone here at Tournament Poker Edge, as well as, of course, our special thanks, as always, to our very generous sponsor, America's Card Room. I'm Clayton Fletcher. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Love it, it's not rough, it isn't fun, fun Oh, wow